This podcast is brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within the healthcare industry. This is Howard Anderson, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today we're speaking about HIPAA audit preparation with security consultant Phyllis Patrick. Thanks for joining us today, Phyllis. Thanks for having me, Howard. It's a pleasure to speak with you. The High Tech Act mandated that federal officials create a HIPAA compliance audit program, but that program has yet to begin, and it's not clear exactly when it will. Those audits will cover both the privacy and security rule, is that right? That's correct. Uh, As it's stated in the section of the regulation, um, it is meant to cover both privacy and security to ensure that, in fact, people uh, have access to their health care, that the covered entity, business associate, uh, is utilizing the proper controls both for privacy and security. So it's covered entities as well as business associates potentially could be audited? Yes, and in fact, because there are some new entities covered under high tech, such as e-prescribing, gateways, personal health record uh, vendors and such, as well as now business associates are now subject to all the HIPAA requirements based on the high tech regulations, all of those could be in the universe of auditees. And in fact, OCR has has said that, in fact, that universe has expanded, and one of their issues is how do they select from and determine how to go about auditing which entities, which types of entities. The Office for Civil Rights will be overseeing the audit program. Have they given any clues as to uh, how they might go about choosing who to be audited or how many to be audited? I haven't seen anything recently. They put some information out last year, and I have spoken with officials from the Office uh, for Civil Rights uh, in trying to determine you know, more information about the program. When they presented last October in San Francisco at the HIPAA Summit, they did indicate that they were looking at a variety of models. Uh, my more recent conversations with OCR officials indicate that they're looking at a variety of methods for how to select oddities. They're not, I don't think as of today, what I had been told was everything is still on the table. So it's not clear if they would select by size of organization, type of organization, how many they might do. My understanding is they'll probably do a pilot stage initially. And what types of organizations they select for that, I think, is, is still to be, to be announced. Should healthcare organizations be doing a self-audit to prepare for these eventual federal audits? And if so, how often? Uh, most certainly, I think that self-auditing should be a part of the ongoing program, um, the security and privacy program of any institution. Um, as you do your risk assessments, as you evaluate your policies and procedures on hopefully an annual basis, uh, certain things will come out that perhaps will lead to looking at areas of risk. And I would strongly advise having an audit plan be done every year. Uh, identifying certain areas. You may want to do some physical audits of various, let's say, areas, um, buildings that perhaps are a little more remote to make sure that, in fact, people are following the physical safeguards uh, in the security rule. You may want to look to see if how the uh, notice of privacy practice is distributed and discussed with patients. So there are a number of areas that can be audited. I think people think of auditing as the audit logs and who gets access and how do you deal with a breach how do you investigate, but that's only one aspect of auditing. There should be an ongoing with specific goals each year. Can you highlight a few other things that should be on your checklist? 
steps you can take in preparation for an eventual federal audit? I think um, also making sure that the technical controls are in place, and generally many organizations, their external auditors, their internal auditors, are also looking at some of those IT controls that can be rolled into and part of your audit process. Um, looking at the program as an entire entity as opposed to what do we need to do for the security role and having, as has been mentioned, uh, you know, a real, real concise document that, that explains what the privacy and security program are all about, but also draws from all of the various other regulations that healthcare entities are subject to, such as PCI, um, such as some of the uh, laws with respect to disposal of, of confidential waste and so on. How important is documentation in all of this, documenting all the steps that you've taken? Documentation is very, very important, and it's an area where people uh, often feel that it takes too much time, it's too consuming, um, but if, you, you know, if you're documenting things as you go along, then that's the best thing that you can show to an outside auditor who comes in to show whether it's minutes from having updated your privacy policy, whether it's um, uh, showing the audit process, the audit plan, um, and again, these can be fairly simple and straightforward, but it has to be done on a regular basis, because that's the key. When you are audited, uh, similar to what uh, used to be with a joint commission review or other types of outside reviewers, they will ask for documentation, they'll ask for the paper, they'll ask for the how do you handle the process. So that, that has to be built into the audit process, has to be built into your ongoing privacy and security program, and within the security rule, there are specific standards that talk about documentation. So again, this is not a new concept. Finally, if you've got a, a limited budget and you can only focus on one or two things, what should you focus on? If I could only focus on one or two things, I would uh, really look at auditing um, access to records. And if I had one system that I could look at, perhaps doing a sampling on a periodic basis, uh, even if I couldn't do as large a sample as I wanted or I couldn't do it as often as I wanted, that's where I would start and make sure that I'm, that I'm doing some auditing in terms of access and hopefully build on that program. And I would also, even with limited resources, I would look to other departments. Um, in the case of an entity that has an internal audit department, that's, a, that's an excellent way to marry the responsibilities and the goals of the departments and to get others involved and to leverage those resources. Uh, what about the importance of um, making widespread use of encryption and training your folks in the policies you develop? Mm -hmm. uh, could those ultimately pay off come audit time? Definitely. And, it, and if I had a limited budget, I would. those would be my two goals for this year and next year, to encrypt. Uh, even if with limited money, so at least start the process and look for those high-risk devices first. Perhaps it's the laptops, the PDAs, and the same thing with training. And training can be developed, again, internally, leveraging other departments, education department and, and compliance and so forth, but making it fresh, making it interesting, engaging people. Those, To me, those are the two priority areas if I have limited time and limited resources. Well, thanks, Phyllis. We've been speaking with security specialist Phyllis Patrick. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so very much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by healthcareinfosecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.healthcareinfosecurity.com.